Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. I haven't put on my inlines. It hurt like hell. Oh, hi, everyone. Um, it just never mind us. We were talking about how we get <laughs> Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, your feet hurting. That's just a symptom of not wearing the skate. That has no bearing on, no, on your no, no, play. No, no. Oh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> it wasn't the it wasn't the feet, Pat. It wasn't. I mean, the feet. Yeah, it's like the feet. Okay, whatever. I knew that was going to happen. It was the other muscles in my body and said, "Hey, hey whoa, hey, 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 jerk." Yeah, what are you doing? We don't get used in your normal daily routine. What the hell are you doing? We thought we were on vacation. We were done. <laughs> we were done, man, dude. We checked out. We'd retired. What are you doing? See, it's sort of like that. how in order to be unpredictable, you have to establish a baseline of predictability to therefore then be unpredictable. But but if your baseline, but no, is that's what I'm saying is that is that in order to like pick up skating again, you have to have a certain baseline of like physical activity in order to pick up skating again. I'm a software engineer. What the hell? I happen job? to play against several software engineers or QA engineers or people who sit behind desks and computers all day. <sighs> I, I don't know how to classify their, our uh, athletic abilities anymore. I guess my footwork is just good enough to fool me that I'm quote unquote in shape. I think it's less that and more you have continued to do this without any significant periods of stopping so that you have to try to get back to where you currently are. Sure. <laughs> I mean, my la my last. I mean, I probably took a year and a half off because of all that stuff, you know, twenty twenty. Mm. Yeah, and then before that, my longest break was like four or five years. So I'm just ready. I'm I'm just ready for the uh, for the no kids league. No one under the age of forty. Your senior I'm ready for it. Senior league. <laughs> Your yeah. senior, senior league, your elderly league. <laughs> well, the best players in the league, you're either kicked out or, well, the real best players, not the most productive. Uh, they stopped playing in this league because uh, they were both too good. They played both female, both played college club hockey, smartest players I've ever played against. And I was like, man, I would love to have played with them. They just couldn't find enough competition or a challenge. So they were also young enough where they probably played in three leagues or goaltender currently oh. in school, oh. 20 years old. I think we are her fourth team. So she plays hockey at least three to four nights a week. God, I miss those days. Oh, to be able to do that again. <laughs> Oh, it was great too, because back here in Seattle, I mean, you couldn't even get, you couldn't even get weekend nighttime, which is perfect for me because I was in a band and we were at the point where we were playing mostly weekends. So my hockey games were like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday night. And to hell with the day job. It's <laughs> that crap. Women's teams only get the worst like time periods to skate. So sleep, what's that? <laughs> They're getting better, actually. Well, at least in my area, uh, my my team gets the worst ice times. I have a a face off is in one hour fifty three minutes from time of recording. Uh, this is a shock for this late into the fall. Next week, we return to our normal scheduled time of 1045, either Monday or Sunday evening. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like we need to have a countdown clock that just goes. <laughs> no, we, we shouldn't. 
because <laughs> the musical ones of us would be like, oh, metronome. <laughs> God, that's so true. We wouldn't pay any attention to it except for and, like, it, it, oh, it, now I have a song stuck in my head. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my grandparents had one of those gorgeous old, um, like really tall grandfather mm-hmm. clocks. And it was kind of like, they you know, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. And all it took was listening to Pink Floyd's The Dark Side of the Moon <laughs> for me to every time just start instantaneously start going into either money or time because money is actually closer to the cadence so of a it's, clock. It's a tick tock. Is it 120 or is it 60? I think it's one. I think technically it's 120, but it's 7 4. So, yeah, you know, you'd sit there and be like, tick, tock, tick, tock. And invariably like, okay. I have a toaster oven that like clicks when you, you know, put on the timer and I'll put in toast and do toast and I'll turn on, turn it on and I'll start dancing around to the clicking, just the clicking, nothing else. There's nothing else going on. Just the clicking. Because, you know, that's all I need. Okay, so, um, th- I like how people say, okay, it was, I just looked it up because now I was curious to how far off I was. It's People have it clocked at 126, but you got to remember that this was also back in the day when there were no click tracks that people were playing against. So where it started and where it ended, generally mm-hmm. we're all over the map. They're, you know, they're probably within five or six BPM and in some cases worse, but you didn't. Care. Wait, are we, are we talking about my beerly cocky or music again? I, because um, honestly, it's, it, I'm seeing the similarities. It's, it's such a fine line, you know, between, you know, clever and stupid. Oh, no, 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 no. The fine line. You're right. It is. It's, that it's, rests it's, in, in the music uh, <laughs> business industry hobby. Uh, we're just stupidity with a bunch of players with their helmets that are on too tight. Or not tight enough. <laughs> well, yeah, is there hitting in this league? <laughs> uh, yes, there is. Is uh, any of it intentional? No, it's just guys running into each other. I was yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask, is, is hitting prohibited or is it mm. coincidental? Mostly coincidental. There are a few people who like to... Um, Oh, every every league has the guy who thinks it's game seven mm-hmm. of the cup. Yes. It, uh, on the XY axis, there's also the spot where, uh, how new are they to this? Or how much is their equipment? Yeah, but those, uh, yeah, but those are the ones that, you know, like like when when inline skates first be kind of started becoming a rage and everyone wanted to start everyone wanted to start playing inline hockey um, with me. I had had a number of years of playing hockey, hockey, as well as inline hockey. Um, so I'd go out there without any shin pads because I could do that when playing against guys that have played mm-hmm. hockey, right? Because everyone knew, right? Okay, you know, we're just, you know, we're out here in shorts and inline skates and, you know, maybe gloves if you're feeling saucy, but nobody, you know, nobody's whacking around, you know. And I thought I could do that with the people that didn't play. And um, I still have knots from calcium deposits on my shins from the number of times I took good two handed Paul Bunyan type chops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Formula one. Um, how about you never show Elon Musk? I, I knew I made a mistake trying to watch this formula one us Grand Prix race. I haven't watched a Grand Prix race like in, in earnest in decades. And I thought, well, what the hell? I have a friend of mine who's down at the the race today at, in Texas, and I was just kind of la la la. Okay, it looks like absolutely nothing's changed. And then they show melon skunk, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. As you should. Um. God damn it! We haven't even talked about anything in the NHL. Do me too. <laughs> I don't know. Travis Dermott, Travis Dermott's a goddamn hero. And they never said they were going to fine anyone because they They said it was prohibited. They'd have to change the rules for that. Would it be the first time they would try to do that mid season? 
that was it wouldn't be the first time they tried to change the rules of anything hello sean mm -hmm. avery rule um i ne i never expected them to to i don't want to put this anything that they would have done would have been done like uh, they they would find another thing to punish a team for. Right. It's the, it's a getting, you know, breaking the law, but you can't get a ticket for it unless you get pulled over for something else first. Yeah, exactly. Like the seatbelt law used to be a second, right? They couldn't pull you over for the seatbelt, but they can nail you for speeding and then tack right. on a seatbelt. You know, if they, if they didn't like the cut of your jib and you were doing, you know, four and a half over technically that's speeding so they would you know um reminds me of the time i got pulled over because the guy thought i had an open container in there and i was drinking a glass bottle of coke and i'm like dude i'm not even 21 he goes well you know that's illegal and i'm like i just told you i'm not even 21 i know it's <laughs> illegal he just didn't like the cut of my jib yeah i got a ticket for that in uh silverdale Last one, right, right before my dad died, yeah, actually, <laughs> this guy was like, oh. nope, sorry, don't care. I'm like, oh, you suck. <laughs> That's Silverdale, man. They suck. Um, I, I will ask this question, and I used to ask it of Yesipulio Yarvi. Has anyone ever thought of finding Connor Bedard a helmet that would actually fit? Who? I don't think I've heard of this guy before. Who's this guy? Um, he was, a um, oh uh, God, I think he was a first round pick. Huh. You think he'd get more attention the, for the that? Blackhawks? Yeah, I don't know. Every time I see him, it's like, it drives me nuts. Cause it's like looking at a, it's like looking at a car whose, whose, you know, wheel to fender gap is like completely out of proportion for the rest mm. of the vehicle. Cause the body can't fit on the chassis or something. It's like, just, what the hell? And then you see him with his helmet off and you're like, oh, he does kind of have an odd shaped head. But surely somebody can design something that fits it. Whereas Yesti Pugliarvi, I'm not sure what the hell that was. Bring back the M1 because, I mean, Mark Messier had a massive ego. I mean, head. And somehow his helmet stayed on when that <laughs> thing was brought into it. Um. Uh, he he never had bring back the windwell. I mean, that's what he used to wear. They'll never do. I don't know because I'm still actively playing. I I will still keep up with equipment. One of my good friends and fellow listener of the show, for former people who worked in shops. So we keep we're gear nerds. They have helmets with like a. a spider web type mesh and i don't mean like geographically nice no i literally mean like it, it is a functional conglomerated web that just kind of sits on your helmet and leaves this air gap so i feel like we are close to having the wind well back um because i don't know what the heck that's doing to protect your head but there's some kid with um Overeager parents who is wearing that thing. I've never seen an NHL wear it to my knowledge. It's 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 the property of displacement and the gap the gap of air and the displacement of it's like a crumple zone. Right. It's intended to be a crumple zone. So generally when you get hit because of the way the helmets are even with the foam padding in there, you're taking the brunt of the hit in that one area, whereas in sort of a suspended mesh, it's being evenly distributed and there's sort of no force. There's no single point of force trauma. What is weird about it is any like head into the board's collision. I think there would be enough force to rip through that mesh and therefore your crumple zone is which is is you you're just going flat into the helmet at that point. Yeah, and I'm 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 I am not discounting the the remaining physics that prevent that thing from, you know, 
being viable. Because, um, you know, the other problems you're going to have is it's going to have a real tendency to want to fly off because there's a recoil rebound. Well, which... but here's the other thing is that it's not the point of contact like the initial point of contact that's the issue when it comes to concussions it's the force that's pushing the that that impact is putting that brain against the opposite side of your skull so you can hit your head any way you want but if there's enough force no matter how that force is distributed it's still going to slosh your brain into the opposite side of your skull yeah. and you're still going to get a concussion Cassie, I wasn't, I wasn't saying it was, <laughs> you know, I know, you know, I'm I know. Just saying. Um, cause horse riding helmets tend to have a lot of that. Hey. Too. I mean, some of them have that mesh, right? You know what else horse riding helmets do have a, a real chin strap. Hmm. I was going to go with real cute. That, that, that little cute brim is actually adorable. English, English writing. How could you incorporate that brim? So in our continued pursuit to make hockey more like lacrosse, <laughs> except for all the white guys playing. Um, exactly. My my kid, his, he is starting to try lacrosse because he has a good friend and they have a club team at his middle school. Um, and he's kind of picked up the mechanics of it pretty quick and he gets the, the gameplay. But their helmet... It has the brim. It has the open face mask. But the chin strap just attached to your chin. So everything sits in place in the crumple zone actually kind of works the way it's designed. I just don't see how that works with hockey helmets. It doesn't? Anymore. <laughs> well, I know. Because they have... Their chin strap goes under the jaw instead of at the chin, like a football helmet has. Right. And now I have, I'm long past my days where I trust anyone. So I wear the full, the full uh, fish, fish bowl. So I have that chin strap keeping everything nice and tight and in place. But I'm, I'm just watching a replay of a game from last night and just the amount that these helmets just when someone turns their shoulders and then turns their chin 15 degrees, you can just see it move on half these guys, except for Pooley RV and Bedard because it's too darn tight. Yeah. I forget who the comic was. I think it was Eddie Murphy he used to do a great bit about, um, how uh, African-Americans used to have just the glorious afros and they'd have like a one second delay, like they turn the head and then the <laughs> afro would kind of follow it. <clears throat> and that, <laughs> that sort of reminds me of what some of these players are, right? It's just so loose on their melon. They turn their head and like a second later, the helmet's like, Oh, here you are. I found you again. Yeah, can, can I, can I just like add here that, um, Eddie Murphy going from what he was a stand-up in the 80s with the foulest mouth ever to becoming a, a renowned kids <laughs> like movie actor is just I mean and like that was Robin Williams too <laughs> yeah, just well, not really sure was, how that all was, happened but every once in a while I'll stop and it, think it, about that going huh <laughs> it start it's it actually started with George Carlin did it oh yeah, yeah Bob the Builder George, yeah uh, well, Thomas the Tank or Engine. Thomas the Tank Engine. Not Bob the Builder. That was Greg yeah. Proops. That was exactly Greg Proops from Whose Line Is It Anyway? But yeah, Carlin, Carlin went from being George bleeping mm -hmm. Carlin to doing Thomas the Tank Engine. Um, I mean, there were... Boy, hello, Tangent. <laughs> there were welcome. other comics that... <laughs> I mean, there were tons of other comics that sort of stepped out of their, their body nature and into sort of mainstream stuff but i think it really i think it really did start with carlin on that one yeah every once in a while i'll stop and think about that going you know eddie murphy's like when they when they used to broadcast his um stand up oh it was beep, beep, it was beep and then she went beep, 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 beep. and they still beeped out half of it it was like listening to morris code 
<laughs> and uh, and I, I mean, hilarious, of course, but I'm just like looking around going in somehow. Became... Okay, well, I don't understand how that happened, but all right, good on him, I guess. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, Carlin, Carlin was always the funny to me. I mean, Lily Tomlin was never that blue. So, you know, her moving into um, Magic School Bus wasn't that much right. of a shock. Um, but yeah, Robin, Robin Williams is another one. But Robin Williams grew up in TV, so he sort of knew how to do that. I mean, he grew up in stand-up, but really sort of evolved into Robin Williams in TV. Working Mindy. Yeah. Um, Whoopi is another one that's kind of teetered along mm. that line, but... Yeah. She was never, I mean, if you're talking pure raunchy, right? It was, it was prior and, and Carlin, I mean, Carlin wasn't raunchy. He was just brutal. Right. Um, prior and Murphy and, you know, prior just never stopped being Richard Pryor right. with God rest his soul, man. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Their HBO specials <laughs> are always R rated and at like, a, at like oh. midnight. <laughs> Oh, they were beautiful things. Um, yeah, okay, great. Edmonton Oilers are screwed. Um, the Seattle Kraken are what we thought they were. And I got to wonder. I, I'm going to posit this. <clears throat> Is... Dave Haxtell potentially on the hot seat because of his success last year and the dismal start to this year. Well, you know, whenever a coach like signs an extension, usually they're on the hot seat shortly thereafter. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. It's like usually they, sometimes they don't even get to the point where their extension kicks in, they get fired. Sometimes well, it's the first year of their extension they get fired. <laughs> but usually right in there, if they happen to survive that the first time, then they're usually there for a good long time, like, you know, Cooper and Sweeney and whatever. But um, although I guess Sweeney's not coach, but still. I'm just, you know, after watching last night's or part of last night's goat rodeos, those two games, the Oilers and the Jets and the Kraken and the Rangers. Um, Did you ever get the lights turned on on that one? No, hmm. no. And uh, a couple of friends of mine were at the game like last night and like, no, it was not nearly as bad as it was presented on TV. Hmm. I think it was the TV. I think it was largely the TV lights that were out. Good. You know, Shadows are fun. Yeah. And like, because one of them, one of my friends was sort of sitting um, near the end, near the end of the rink. And he's like, you know, you could totally see everything just mm -hmm. fine. So it was like, it was, I think he said it was largely like there was a bank. Of, there was a, there was like multiple rings of lights and there was one of them that was out and it was largely there for the TV, I think. Yeah, because it looked like it was fine uh, on the ice, and that's really all that yeah. matters at the end of the day. Exactly. So, when they cut, yeah, when they cut down to ice level, you're like, oh, it just looks like a hockey game. Yeah. You know, it looks fine. <clears throat> so, um, I just, I, uh, I, I want to start, I want to start um, knocking them for the curse of the banner. Because very somewhat quietly to the rest of the league, the Seattle Kraken raised a banner. And it was for being the greenest rink in the NHL or greenest arena in the NHL. Mm -hmm. And we all know what happens when teams raise banners for off-ice accomplishments or things that don't relate to the club itself. You become the Nashville Predators by proxy. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> when, no, I, um, no, the, the, the Predators at least were like as stupid as they were. They were at least doing things for what they did on the ice. Hey, President's Club trophy. Hey, winners of the division. Hey. Things and stuff. You know, exactly. <laughs> this was literally our arena is super green. 
and I really wanted to say like like, like a ruby rod. It's super green. <laughs> um, ruby rod. I'm looking at Los Angeles and the Taylor Swift banner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm somewhat side-eyeing Madison Square Garden for the Billy Joel banner. Mm-hmm. Now, granted... The, the teams that play in Madison Square Garden have their own curses for multiple other reasons. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, it's not like they can get more sick. Um, but this is, you know, I sent that to a friend of mine because there used to be a, uh, used to be just absolutely complete dragging of San Jose. You know, every time they'd get bounced in the first round, they'd still start the season by raising a banner because they won the division or they won the president's trophy or they won the, you know, (laughs) something. And we just got into the point where we were starting to raise banners for um, most consecutive sellouts. Um, Rated best hot dog in California. You know, we just started Photoshopping banners. (laughs) Um, And I sent that to him and I said, please do what you will, my friend. Because this is deserving of mockery. Putting a plaque up somewhere, great. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's a lead certified building. Put it, put it with the plaque for that. Have a ceremony, put a plaque up, you know, do something ceremonious. I just, I don't know, banner raisings to me or this is going to sound really contrary to everything that we generally stand for, but banner raisings to me are like you're really going to celebrate and honor that mm-hmm. okay <laughs> okay fine mm-hmm. you know hang the 1918 Stanley Cup banner I am down with that 1917 I mean. that didn't have hang any problems the, hang the supersonics championship banner down with that Hang a banner saying the Foo Fighters sold out five nights in a row. We're going to have a little discussion, aren't we? They're not even from here. Mm -hmm. I'm kidding. I'm not going to start that whole fight. Today, at least. Uh, Well, not when we have a hard stop. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, and to hell with the hard stop. Um, Jacques Making some people look pretty smart right now, isn't that good? Of course. Mostly everybody that signed him to that extension, and then everyone else went, that's going to be pretty good. And other people were like, yeah, but he's not done anything. Oh, he's doing stuff. See, I like Trump it when players Gerald. decide to like live up to expectations. Well, I think they're getting wise to seeing the potential value and getting them in agreement that they're not going to pay maximum just because, you know, unless a player comes storming out of the gates and rips the league a new one, they don't have a lot of ground to stand on for like 10 or 12 million mm-hmm. on the, after their ELC. But if you can see that they are going to be worth 10 or 12 million in a couple of years and you can get them at eight, oh, hell yeah. Score. Take the money and run. You're still going to be rich. (laughs) I'm looking at you, Owen Power, because that thing's going to start looking good in about 20 games. Mm -hmm. And the way that kid plays. Don't you love it? I love it. And. If he can stay healthy, he is like a um, a more polished version of Chris Pronger. Yep. All the skill, but doesn't have to play as dirty as Pronger did. Both Pronger positive did. and con- cogn- <laughs> uh, both positive and negative connotation there. Pronger didn't have to play as dirty as Pronger did, but you know. Whatever, exactly. You about yourself, I guess. <laughs> exactly. The way he skates, the way he moves, the way he plays in the corners, it could prolong his career 
So that next extension that he gets at 29. Cha-ching. Do, 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 do. As I think in my head, left stride, left stride, right stride, right stride, left, right, left, right. See, all you got to do is listen to the music and you'll get your skating back up to speed in no time. Mm -hmm. Oh, there you go. Um, And since we're on the subject of the Buffalo Sabres, we had a little post-recording discussion last week that I would like to revisit for the benefit of our listener. Hi, listener. Um, The... The career trajectory of one Jeffrey Skinner has been um, a roller coaster ride, envied by few, enjoyed by none, except probably him, outside of the dips and some of a couple of scary parts. Has there, I mean, he developed, and this, I'm saying this from the outside, Pat, you would have probably a little bit more base knowledge on the sort of adoration he developed whilst in Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then largely down to his personality combining with his play on the ice. And then as his play on the ice subsided, his personality obviously wasn't enough to carry him through. And then he got the deal. And then it became uh, it became cement shoes with an anchor around his neck. And there wasn't any amount of skinnering, chalky milk boy, as they used to call him lovingly, that was going to save him. And that carried through into Buffalo. And it still persisted in Buffalo until he started doing between two stalls. And now that he is doing that and he is demonstrating in other means, he's quite genuinely a humorous young man and he just performs well enough on the ice. Is he perform? Is he performing to that contract? No. Is he performing? Yes. Is that team engaging? Yes. Is he helping that team become more engaging? Yes. Yes. So, as such, he's becoming more of that adorable puppy dog again. And I can't stress how much I love it. Because that between two stalls is freaking brilliant. For what hockey has been able to produce over the years for someone to step up and be able to... I think it was proposed by him... And he is largely sort of in charge of doing it and nailing that format and the the genuine sort of way the guys he's talking to interact with him while he's being that goofball is just like, I want to hug him so hard I can't see straight. And it took the right group of players around him to make this a reality because once upon a time he played with two stalls but could never have done that segment. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. then they would have just no, no. Yeah, let's not get into the other two stalls, shall we? <laughs> no. Well, the one that we know is a curmudgeon, and then the one we don't think of as one yet because he keeps his mouth shut. Mm-hmm. But I just. As I was watching them last night in their glorious reverse retro black and white Barney, not Barney heads, but the black and they're the black and red Buffalo Sabre sweaters. And he scored an absolutely gorgeous goal. And the way his team, you know, I know everyone always mobs each other after they score, but just sort of the genuine way they sort of are like, yeah, I just the, the trials and tribulations of Jeffrey Skinner have been, both entertaining and disappointing or disheartening. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see that sort of redemption arc starting for him. For someone who's earned redemption. Not just handed it to him because he's a hockey man. No. Just handed it to him because he 
sat down for an interview and said that he didn't like the way things were done, but never actually did anything about them. <sighs> yeah, you know, it's stuff like that that gets that gets guys their their uh, uh, post broadcast careers. <laughs> Jeff Skinner. Um. <laughs> I would, you know, saying that I, I'm sitting there going, I would love to see him on, you know, like a part of that broadcast with Brian Duff and um, Marty Biron. And he could be that, that goofy, you know, he could continue to do two stalls after he's done mm -hmm. as part of the broadcast. I mean, that would just, you know, it'd kill. I mean, imagine him being the between the benches guy on a national broadcast. Hmm. Isn't it funny that it took a coach who basically had to spend a lot of time in the minor leagues, work his way up, to make a player like Jeff Skinner find a smile again. <laughs> and I had uh, another friend of mine. I've got friends everywhere, at least V friends, virtual friends, um, who was at the Sabres game last night. And apparently Don Granado spends the entire time while play is on during the games with his hands pressed against the glass behind him. Like he's holding, like like he's got suction cups on. Like he's holding behind his like, back, not the Jay yeah, Woodcroft exactly. lean. Okay, <laughs> no, not the no. He's 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 literally standing there, sort of leaning forward, you know, looking at the play. But he's always got one of his two hands, like you know, on the glass, like there's suction cups, you know, on his fingertips, and he's sort of hanging on to it. Always, uh, I mean, he the, just might the, be a tactile person that needs to be touching something, you know? Exactly. I mean, I am. I'm that person. I am the, when I was a kid, everybody always told me to put things down walking through stores because I was like, I had to like touch it to look at it. <laughs> I think, Cassie, I think that was, you were a klepto. No, I didn't keep um, it. I didn't want it. I would just had to pick yeah. it up in order to actually look at it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a gate. It's a gateway drug. Yeah, sure, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. You know how I know because yeah. my damn son does it. <laughs> where did you get? Where did you get those dice? Oh, we were playing with them at school today, so I brought them home. Are they yours? No. <laughs> oh no! I just see, like playing with them. I was the. Uh, I'm the youngest, so I, I had a very good idea of what was mine and what wasn't. <laughs> And it wasn't that I had to know that or my for myself. It was that my sisters decided I needed to know that for them. So um, I was just, I, I never you were you were voluntold that information. Yes, it was like you can you can play with that, but it's mine. I need it back when you're done. So yeah, I never I never did things like that. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I didn't want to like pick it up and pick it up to quote unquote look at it because I have to look at it with my with my fingers too you know my hands I have to like touch it I don't like buying things unless I can touch it first I am walking away from so many jokes right I know as you I should <laughs> as I'm is... saying these things I'm like oh yeah there's a joke and there's another one <laughs> and I had a great segue too but I'm not gonna do it I'm not why well, why do 25 hockey men need to shake a draft pick's hand mm. as he gets on stage? That I cannot answer for you. I'm sorry. It's a celebration for the organization as much as it is. It is a, as for the, as for the draftee. It's, I gotta hate being this guy. It's, it really is a welcome to the club Here's all the people that are gonna that are here to help you. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know, club is right. 
I, that's why I chose that word, Cassie. Yeah, um, no, I just sorry. I had to like, I had to roll it around in my brain a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry you couldn't touch it. Let me. <laughs> there you go. Um, no touchy. <laughs> anyway. Um, I don't. I get both sides of the argument. I do. I I am not immune to understanding that it's a slog. It's gotten to be worse over the last few years because I think the league is making it worse. Mm-hmm. I don't think the teams themselves are making the first round take forever. I think it's the league. Well, yeah, because they have um, to get all of their like sponsors, you know, airtime during commercials and stuff. And they have to go through the motions of being what's considered a professional league by congratulating everyone and honoring this and honoring that and making big grand sweeping statements about, you know, the impact that today's events are going to have on your franchise for years to come. And, and to celebrate the fans in attendance. Because they want to make it a fan-driven event. Everyone gather around. You could see your favorite player. Well, no, most of the players aren't there. So what are you there for? Well, well, we're there to see the future. If you're the media, you're there for the after party because that's why they're there. <laughs> and and I, you know, hearing everyone, I get. And you totally see it, like the last day of school, right? Everyone just sort of crowds around on the last day of school and you sign yearbooks and you do all this other crap and there's sort of like a little party going on and you get to say goodbye to people. You're not going to see each other for a while and blah, blah, blah. And there's that communal aspect to it. I don't think that hurts anyone. I don't think that's what's making it take forever. Because I think this whole thing is is centered around the fact that they're tired. There's been pushback on how long the first round takes. Because second to seventh, Pat, generally runs pretty quick. It's, it's lightning fast. It's yeah. you're done in less than three and a half hours. And that's five rounds. You know, 200 some odd or 100 and some odd picks. 184 or whatever, I forget how, depending. They they could have their cake and eat it too. They really could. There's a way to satisfy both camps here. The, the problem I largely see it as is the walk. It's, it's the travel of the pick to the stage to be then mobbed by 15 people have to shake everyone's hands mm-hmm. get introduced um get the picture stand there get the pictures everyone glad handing you know making comments and blah 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 and that's why i think the five minute clock came into being because it used to i swear to heaven and above it used to not be five minutes no no it wasn't Mm-mm. It was 10. But they never took that long. No. When you get to a certain point in time, there was an adult in the room, especially on day two, which is why it runs so efficiently. Like when Jim Gregory was running ship, you know, he's basically like a bingo caller, basically. All right. What's your pick? All right. Next team up. Let's go. But and that wasn't a made-for-TV event. No, and day, day two is ne- it's it's terrible television. And and you know that the NHL hates adults. They hate people who are adults. They want they don't want to be told what to do and how to do it and do it in the best way, most efficient, et cetera, and so on possible. They just want to like be spoiled children and be like, no, I want it my way, and I don't care what you think. <laughs> this will never happen. 
but there is a way to have all the teams and have their tables, just not on the draft floor and make this work for both sides. Because if you ever notice, there's an elaborate stage put up at one end of the arena, and then there's a bunch of stuff that happens behind that stage. Mm-hmm. Photographs, certain, you know. It's like the Oscar walk-off area, right? It, Once it's you get a presented, bit, you're off, yeah. you walk off. You're you go panel. through a mini car wash. Yeah. You see journalists on the far end, the opposite end of the stadium down near the floor. As soon as the team that they are covering, or if it's a certain prospect for, you know, a rights holder, national coverage provider, they rush down, you know, underneath the arena, they walk around to go talk to the kid for five minutes. What if the handshake picture with all 25 representatives from the team happened there, but the TV portion was just there for, you know, the prospect and two or three people, the commissioner and one or two representatives from the team. And then you get multiple pictures. And then maybe you can actually have a conversation that lasts more than five seconds with 10 of those 25 guys and someone's subsequent kid, you know, behind the stage where maybe you can hear each other. The key is just moving the team's tables off the draft floor and doing something just slightly different, but they can still be in town and they should be in town through the end of free agency because what do they really need inside of an office? that they can't do somewhere remotely these days. Because they refuse to move up the schedule. So just keep everyone in town for a week and let's go full convention style here. They don't want to move up the schedule because they don't like overlapping with the NFL because they're cowards. Mm Mm-hmm. And to steal from another show, they don't like competing against college football in some markets. They don't like competing against high school football in other markets because they're cowards. Because, I mean, it just tells you, like, what they think of their own sport. It's like, oh, we're not good enough to compete against these, like, juggernaut, like, teams in our town, so let's just not. And it's like, uh, and that's how you get a small fan base. Yeah, but then how did Vegas win the cup? Because they're competing just fine against the NFL team in town. Because oh wait, there's incompetence in other sports too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure didn't stop the league from playing games in October. When... They would probably like to if they could. Nope. When when baseball teams in the same city are playing games in October. And in some cases, looking at you, Philadelphia, literally across the parking lot. Huh? How did that work? Did all the games get played where the stadiums filled? Uh, More or less, uh, more or less. You see, here's the thing is you can't gauge whether the flyers game was lagging because of the Phillies game. Or if it's the Flyers game was lagging because it's the Flyers this season. You mean the Flyers that we saw last season that had a really good start and then reality caught up with them? Yeah. But good for Sean Couturier. God, I just, that makes me so freaking happy. And you know who else? Good for Carter Hart right now. My, my, my baby bear, starter Carter Hart, you bet. Always have an affinity for my Everett boys. Yeah, I. Uh, uh, speaking of affinities and so forth, I start. I'm starting to see that the L.A. Kings are turning on Quentin Byfield fast. Shocker. Quentin, I'm sorry. The fans mm-hmm. are turning on him fast. The 21-year-old Quinton Byfield, who's played a grand total of 99 NHL games and has hardly played any hockey 
from you know since the pandemic hit and then he was in the Shane Wright well he's in limbo because he can't play here because he's not old enough and he kind of can't play here because he's too good so yeah so Um, let's give him 15 minutes of ice time a night okay At least he doesn't complain like Evander Kane. Meanwhile, remember that big rookie? Um, he was like a first-round pick for Chicago. Did you know that he plays 20 minutes a game and somehow is able to get three more points than uh, Byfield in one more game played? Huh, it's almost like if you let guys play and put them with guys who know what they're doing and can help them out, that they're bound to be more successful. Weird. Hmm. It's almost like you can't learn how to play hockey if you don't play hockey. Right. One of the few sports where they take players, their predominant role is to play a lot, and then we ask you to do the opposite as soon as you get here. Mm-hmm. So we need to wrap this up like pretty quick, but I I did want to mention that this is officially episode 200. It's not our 200th episode. That was the last episode because we did have a pilot, which throws that all off. But this is episode number 200. Hannah Bevis. Madison Packer. Jennifer Botterill. Haley Wickenheiser. AJ Malesko. If you're wondering, Hillary Knight. um, Shannon Hogan. Allison Lucan. You bastard. Sarah Sivian. Shana Goldman. This has been the 3v3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.